that time of year, right, where things can go a little bump in the night, right? You've got a lot of people that can, you know, uh, feel uncomfortable uh, during this season. A lot of weird stuff can happen and a lot of weird paranormal activities happen at this time of the year as well. You've got witches and all kinds of people doing whatever they do. But what I want to do tonight is I want to talk to you just kind of like one-on-one. Like just imagine it's just you and I in a room, we're going to have a conversation tonight. And I want to just remind you of who you are in Christ. Because some people, you know, you, you don't want to be the guy or the gal with a squirt gun full of holy water underneath your bed on Halloween night, right? Just, you know, afraid that, you know, something's going to happen or, you know, they're going to knock at my door and they're going to bring that stuff to my house and all that kind of stuff, right? You got to recognize that What's out there has no chance of influencing what's in here if the Holy Spirit's there, okay? So you, you got to grab that, and you just got to begin to say, you know what, man, you know, these kids are out here having fun. They don't know any better. You know, their parents are leading them in whatever way of life that they're leading them. But you don't have to get freaked out by this stuff. You don't have to get freaked out even by uh, spiritual warfare. You know, people get real nervous, I can remember uh, early as a pastor, you know, I'd kind of be afraid to say something. I'd be like, man, what if the devil does something to me, you know? And you just, you go through some of that. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't want to cross this line because if I do, then maybe the devil is going to come get me. And I, you know, there came a point in my life where I just said, you know what? I just have to preach the uncompromised word of God. If I'm going to be the guy with the microphone, I can't be afraid of the devil who's been defeated already. And some people in this room, you know, you're, you're still a little afraid of, of uh, doing what God's called you to do or taking those risks in Christ. You know, I had an opportunity. I bought a car this week and a beautiful car and uh, a whole testimony around this car and the whole thing. I'm not going to go into that tonight. But, I, you know, this guy that represented the car, I, I'm, I'm ministering to this guy. He's, he, he, he knows the Lord. But he doesn't know the Lord. And, and there's a difference. I'm telling you, there's a difference. There's a difference between I go to church, I love God, and, you know, all of that. And then there's this whole concept, this whole idea of the kingdom of heaven now that I don't walk the way the world walks anymore. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. But I said to him, I said, you know, for helping me, man, I want to bless your business. I want to bless your family. I want to bless everything in your life. Would you let me pray for you? We were at his business. He said, oh, it'd be great, you know. I said, well, let's go into the business. I saw him get a little bit nervous. And so we're going in, not into a building, but into like a locked area. He had a big fence there. And so he opened the, the fence, and there were some other men working in there. And I said, he says, hey, uh, you know, uh, th- these guys are some pretty rough guys. You know, they, they don't know God and stuff. You know, I, 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 I don't, you know. You can just tell he's nervous. I looked him straight in the eye and I said, are you ashamed of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ? Do you know who you serve? Do you know that these men that are working in your lot right here, they work for you? You got no reason to be afraid. You got no reason to be embarrassed. You got no reason to allow their influence to stop what we're about to do. I said, I'm a man of God. I'm coming in here, and I'm going to bless this business. I'm going to bless your household. I'm going to bless your finances. And your concern is about these three men. We're going to talk about this tonight. 
Because at some point, you got to stand up on your own two spiritual feet. I mean, stand up. And you got to be willing to stand up to the devil. you got to be willing to stand up against spiritual warfare. You need to be able to stand up against all that stuff and not get concerned about it. There's no need to be concerned about the devil. Listen, I will stand right here in this spot, and some of you are going to gasp when I say what I'm about to say. But listen, if the devil wants to bring him and all of his demons to come against me, I'm telling you I'm up for the challenge because of the Christ that lives inside of me. It's not, I am nothing great. I am, I am a human being. But what you've got to understand is, is that I carry the anointing of God in my life. The devil is a defeated foe. Every demon is a defeated foe. They have no authority, no power whatsoever, except for the power and authority we give them. You say, well, I'd never give the devil authority. When you don't stand up for who you are in Christ, you are giving you are giving authority to the enemy to have influence in your life. Never be afraid to stand, stand up to the devil. Never be afraid of the gospel of good news of Jesus Christ in front of other people. Never hold that back. Always lead with all of that. And I promise you, the devil doesn't have a chance. He can fight, but he cannot fight long. And I'm telling you, he's already a defeated foe. Ephesians 6, 12 through 18, it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece. Put it on, guys. you got to put it on. Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. You can do that. It says, then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So like I said, the devil can come knock on your door. But the question is, are you going to answer the door? The question is, are you going to invite him in? Or are you going to stand firm and say, no, you better back off? So stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you be fully, you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fire arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take on the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You are a complete being in Christ. You're not operating from your own self anymore. When you get to what I'm talking about, some of you are, are on your way there. Some of you are knocking on the door to the, what I'm talking about. Some of you are in this right now. But all I can tell you is once you can get into this, once you can just say, you know what, I'm just going to lead with Christ in my life every day of my life. I'm, I'm going to have Christ plus nothing. Plus nothing else. There is nothing else. It's I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Lord, meaning lordship over my life, which means, you know what? He's going to direct what I'm going to say. He's going to direct what I'm going to do. He's going to direct me. 
I'm no longer directing myself. I am submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ. And once I submit to that authority, I begin to operate in that authority. And there is nothing that can stop you. There is nothing that can prevent the goodness of God from operating in your life. Sometimes we just make it too complicated. Your walk with Christ should not be complicated. It should be stupid simple. Christ, me, that's it. That's it. I'm fully equipped now. I have the mindset of the kingdom now. Supernatural favor has to happen for me because God orchestrates it. God orchestrates the kingdom of heaven. The promises of God orchestrate the kingdom of heaven. And when you can start to grab a hold of that, you're not going to be afraid of a little kid knocking at your door in a ghoul, you know, outfit. You open that door and say, how are you today? Praise the Lord. Here, have a piece of candy. Wrap it in a scripture. Whatever you're going to do, whatever. But don't be afraid of that. There is no fear in that. There's none. It's a little kid in a costume. Okay? Here at Faith Builders Church, I'm, I'm proud to say, and listen, I, in, 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 in the leadership of this church, do not celebrate Halloween. Ever. Ever. Never celebrate Halloween. Don't do it. Don't do it. We celebrate the harvest. We celebrate, and I, you know, when my kids were little, we'd bring them to the harvest festival. It's a safe environment. And you know what? At the end of the day, the most beautiful thing about the harvest festival isn't even about celebrating the harvest. It's about having a community event where people can come and have a good time. We did this last year. We had people cussing in the parking lot. There was a fight that broke out out there. I had to break up. I mean, it, people smoking out there. I mean, it was it was like, ah, I'm finally in church. Praise the Lord. This is incredible. This is what the church should be like every single week. We need the lost to come into the kingdom of God. I'm only going to high-five you so many times, guys. That's it. I love you. But it, the church is not about us. It's about them. You're already in. You got it. The light. It, it, it's in you. It's bright. I mean, you got the favor of God. You got the blessing of God. You got everything that you need. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like you have the cure to cancer and you tell nobody about it. I wouldn't want to tell anybody. I wouldn't want to offend anyone. What, offend them? My goodness, your light should be shining so bright that they would welcome the conversation with you about that. So you got to live that life, don't you? Let the world see who you are. 1 Peter 5, 7 through 9 says, Give all your worries and your cares to God. It says, For he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around, not as a roaring lion. We know who the roaring lion is, right? He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. But it says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You stand in the face of the devil and you tell him to get out of your life. If your finances are out of order, tell him to get out. If you need a new job, tell him to get out. Your marriage is on the rocks, tell him to get out. Take authority. Listen, you don't fight 
against people. You fight against motivating spirits that are motivating these people to do what they do. People are not bad. If people were bad, God wouldn't have sent his only begotten son to die for every single one of them. People are good, and they need the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ to renew a right spirit in them, and so that they can walk as God's called them to walk. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll be so uncomfortable about ministering to the lost And now it's like, I can't do that. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Get over it. Get over it. Lead with Christ. Everywhere you go, lead with Christ. I promise you, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a Christian first. Anybody. It wouldn't matter who it is. I share the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. I want people to know who they are in Christ. I want to give them the cure to their cancer which is going to cost them an eternity in hell with, without God in their lives. we got to wake up, church. we got to see this hunger that's out there in the world, and yet we just don't, we got to get over these, these, these feelings of not being comfortable. got to be strong in your faith, and you got to stand firm against the devil, and he will flee. Colossians 2, 13 through 23 It says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. That's what someone needs to know. It's okay. You're where you are. God will accept you right where you are. It's Christ plus you and you move ahead in your life. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He disarmed the power and the influence of the devil. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. He said, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. You see, it's not about that, guys. It's not about that. you got to realize in Colossians, you had a whole Gentile group of people coming in, and they were celebrating all kinds of weird stuff. And Paul's standing here going, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about the purity of Christ in their life. God will work it out. It's interesting to me, we as people want to help people fix their problems. You have no authority to fix their problems. None, zero, you're not qualified to do that. Only if that person is to be completely delivered of whatever it is that they're oppressed with, it must be by the power of the Holy Spirit. Only God can do those things, but he'll use you as a vessel to release that into that person's life. There's no amount of counseling you can go to. And I'm not against counseling. But listen to me. At some point, you've got to understand who you are in Christ. You've got to receive whatever it is you need from God. And that which God gives, no man can take away. No man. It says if you drink of those kinds of waters, you'll never thirst in this area of your life again. But you could go talk to the same uh, counselor a hundred times about your problems and go on and on and on and you never allow the influence of God to intervene in your life, I I promise you, you're probably going to go in that same circle a hundred more times. It takes Christ. It takes Christ to make those changes in our lives. 
You shouldn't be afraid of anything. shouldn't be afraid of anyone. Nothing by any means can harm you. Zero. Zippo. Nada. Zero. Hold tight. That's when you stand up and say, enough of that. I know that God is working in, on my behalf right now. I don't see it. I don't feel it. In fact, I feel like a pile of garbage right now. But I know God is working on my behalf. He is working on my behalf. I won't be able to miss it for nothing. All I got to do is stay in faith and know that God is going to do something in my life. And he will do it. You ask anything in his name and he's going to do it. It says, don't, it says, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Christ himself is the reality of the finished work of, of who you truly are. He is that reality. It says, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying that they have visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ and the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together. He holds the body together. You see, it's all about Christ. It's all about God organizing everything through Christ. It says that he holds everything together, the joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. The church doesn't grow by, by uh, somebody's great talents or some great charisma or, or any of those things. No, it only grows. The true church only grows by the anointing of Christ. That's it. That's it. It's all wrapped up in Christ. It says, you have died with Christ, and he has set you free from spiritual powers of this world. He has set you free of spiritual powers in this world. I don't have to be afraid anymore. Some of you, I tell you, if, if, if you were asked to pray over a witch tonight, okay? Like somebody comes up and, and, and I say, hey, get up here, you're going to pray for this. Some of you would be like, I ain't going to pray for that person. No, no. That person needs Christ. You see how you're, in your mind, if you're not careful, you'll allow the devil's influence on their life to overpower your ability to go over and pray for that person and see them healed. See them delivered of these oppressing spirits. You have that power. You have that authority. I assure you of that. Get over it. Just get over it. You know, the next time someone, you know, tells you about a problem that's going on in their life, don't just say, oh, you know, I'll be praying for you. Don't say that. that don't, no, don't, don't tell them you will be. Pray for them right there. Right there. And just say, would you mind if I prayed for you right now? Praise the Lord. And don't even wait for them to answer. Just grab their hands and just start praying. Just start praying. Give God a chance to move. This power lives inside of you, and these people don't have a clue as to what could be made available to them in Christ. So, so why do you keep following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, don't do this, don't do that? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. 
They are rules. These rules may seem wise because they're requiring strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily di discipline. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desire or the evil nature that's on the inside of them that they need to get delivered from. Religion will never work. Programs will never work. Conferences won't work. None of those things will work without Christ. You've got to invite Christ into that situation. And the moment you do is the moment he has the influence. He's already laid up for you in heaven. Already prepared to deliver to you. And it's like, wow, look what God did. I hear so many testimonies. It's incredible that people are awakening to these ideas and awakening to these concepts that it is Christ that's done it all for them. And all of a sudden they start to put themselves out there a little bit. And it's like, oh, Pastor Paul, I got to tell you. And this is what God did. And sometimes they say, well, did you expect something else? I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to be real. I'm trying to be real with people. Like that should have happened. That must happen. Ask him anything in his name, he's going to do it. He wants to grant you the desires of your heart. And I tell you, the moment you align yourself with the finished work of Jesus Christ and you lead with that in every day of your life to say, I'm not getting up to go work for anybody. I don't work for anybody. I don't work for anybody. I work as unto the Lord. If I need a raise, I go to the boss. I don't need to go to this person or to that person or to this thing or to that thing. If I want a better house, praise the Lord. God said I can have whatever I say. I need a better house, God. Okay, well, praise the Lord. Well, put your faith out there. Have you called a realtor have you gotten pre-qualified have you, you see what i mean are you doing your part to put yourself out there to give god a real chance to work on your life because the moment you do i promise you he I, he will do it and listen i can make you promises but when god makes a promise i'm telling you it's it it's he cannot lie he is bound to his word he's bound to the promises that he's already made for you and if you'll begin to exercise that authority in your life i promise you you're not going to be worried about the devil anymore can i get an amen devil's nothing but a creep the devil has no authority he has zero power i don't care about him and you know what he can do anything he has the ability to do and none of it none of it is going to influence me and my household have 50 witches come over to my house and just have a big party and I walk right in there with the authority of Christ just like I would any other place and I'd say enough of this stop it and come out of these people. And I would do it with authority that Christ gave me. I can't do it, but Christ will. He'll do it through you. He'll do it through you every single time. You don't have to worry. You know, one of the first things I do when I buy a house, I get the olive oil out, I get that oil out, man, and I go to the four corners of that property, I pray in tongues, and I pour oil on every single corner. I tell the devil to get out of that house, get every foul spirit, get out of this property. You have no more dominion, you have no more power, no more influence, get out. And I'll tell you. Some of you probably need to do that. If you haven't done that over your household yet, I wouldn't care if you lived there for 30 years. you got to get home and get that stuff out of your house. Get it out. You have that authority. All right. Galatians 4, 8 through 12. Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to, 
to so-called gods that do not even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say that now God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of the world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work was for you was for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from those things. For I have become like you Gentiles, free from all that stuff. Religion cannot do it for you. It cannot. And if, you, if your prayers are going to God and you're saying, oh God, if it's your will, you know, would you do this in my life? And oh God, if it was your will, would you do that for my life? Or oh God, my life is so bad right now and I just need your help. No, L- listen, listen. That's passive. That's very passive. You should go to your father, your Abba, father, your daddy. And you should be able to tell your daddy exactly what you need in a way that you would expect him to do it on your behalf. You don't want to be passive. You don't want to be wishy-washy in your prayer. You know, how would you feel if your kid was that way? You know, he's kind of coming and cowering. You know, could you please, you know, I don't know if you could do it or not. Or, you know, I, you know, and real nervous and all. I mean, come on now. I mean, if, if you don't, if, you know, if a good father wouldn't do that here on earth, why would you think God would be that way? No, he wants you to know you're his child. He wants to invite you into his presence. He's for you in every possible way. Some of you still think that God's out to get you. Like if you do something bad, that is, oh, that, oh, that, no, he crossed the line. Oh, going to have to go back to square one. Yep, it's, it's a sorry game. You, you got to go back to the beginning. You're almost there, but no, that, that little thing there, that, that really set you back. You got to believe that you're saved. You got to know that you're going to fall short of the glory of God. And you've got to be able to walk as a man or a woman of God with confidence in who Christ is in you. Not so much how confident you are in in this dumb little head of yours. It's going to get you in all kinds of trouble. It will. But you have authority and you can begin to say, you know what? I'm not going to allow my sin to rob me of who I am in Christ. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to God and I'm going to say, and you can be sorry with God and you can go through all the broken glass if you want to, or you can just say, God, I give that over to you. I, I, I don't know why I did it. I, I did it and I give it back over to you and, and, and I just want to walk as a man of God can walk now again and and he'll let you do it but if you're not careful you won't let yourself do it and you're going to want to beat yourself up and I've seen so many people they fall short of the glory of God and then they backslide and then they're out of church and I'm going oh my goodness that person's missed the greatest gift there ever was which is the gift of forgiveness and grace and mercy and like applying that to their lives so they can continue to grow in the kingdom rather than allow what they did to take them out of the kingdom and you know who knows where they go from there 
1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, it says, Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. To bring many to Christ. That's my job. When I was with Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from, what, from that law so I can bring them to Christ. So what he's saying is, is he's becoming like them. He's not rejecting them for their indifference. He's embracing them and saying, no, I'm still going to lead you to the same place. I'm not offended by your sinful nature. I'm not offended by, you know, whatever's going on in your world right now. I am trying to get you to come to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share in their weaknesses. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. Doing everything I can. Doing everything I can. To save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share it and share in its blessings. And so again, with the harvest festival we're doing, the purpose is not even just the harvest. The purpose is to be a, a, a place where people can come. Remember Pastor Barb said, I'm going to let you know what the message is going to be. I want you to go out and just tell them what that is so they know what to expect. This is for the lost. This is to bring people in. Man, I hope to God someone lights up something out here. I hope to God somebody, you know, cusses or swears or what. Let them come. Don't get so easily offended by the world. Don't do it. Let them be the way they are. And listen, I don't give a rat's hoot about anything that the world does. I don't care. I'm not part of that system any longer. I'm not part of that system. My job is to say, I see you in this system, and I just want to invite you in. I want to give God a chance to have some influence on your life. Whether you allow that or not, whether you accept that or not, that's between you and God. But my job is to bring you in, in your broken state, in the state that someone may not want to sit next to you because of their pious, religious, whatevers. I, I'm telling you, I will bend over backwards in this church to continue to do a harvest festival. I will... I, listen, it's not about the festival. It is about the lost and doing whatever I can to win as many as I can. And like Paul said here, I, I'll become like them to win them to Christ. Because if we don't invite them to something like this, a fun event, they're not going to come to church probably. I mean, They'll drive by 20 churches just to get here that they've driven by every day for the past 10 years. The purpose of these events, purpose of ladies' events and different things that we do, it's to invite people in, have fun, enjoyable time, but also give them the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And people will receive Christ. So I just wanted to help you guys there that it's not about the, the method it's about the message. It's always the message. 
And we could go back a hundred years ago, and it was a very different method. We'd all have our shirts buttoned all the way to the top, and you know the whole the whole thing, right? And you know, but people were getting radically saved. Okay, it, it wasn't about the 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 method as much as it was the message. But the method brought the people in, and then the gospel got shared. And oh, by the way, oh, this is more than just like a church thing. That that. This is a real relationship, and this, this, this is changing me and my household, and now things aren't the way they used to be anymore. Anybody testify to that? Matthew 9, 10 through 13. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many, uh-oh, tax collectors, and many, ooh, disreputable sinners. This is Jesus. He didn't go and call a party with all of his church buddies and, you know, everybody and say, well, hey, let's all have fun and, you know, talk about, you know, church stuff. No, he said, I'm going to the party with the tax collectors and all the disreputable sinners. It says, but when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? I want to challenge all of you in this room, be careful about language like that about people. Uh, there are people that have done things that we would consider despicable who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and have entered the kingdom of heaven. These are God's people. He died for every single human being. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people need a doctor. And he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to not, not to those to, who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. They know they're sinners. That's why they don't want to come to a church service their first encounter. They'd rather just bring their little kids and let them have fun and sense something different that will lead them to that next step in who they are in Jesus Christ. Don't get caught up in whether that person you prayed for got healed. Don't get caught up in, in whether or not that person you prayed for, you know, accepted Christ or they didn't. Some will plant, some will water, and some will harvest. You're playing a role every time you're leading with Christ in the relationships with other people. And you're no better than anyone else. Luke 10, 18 through 20, it says, Then the 72 disciples returned. They joyfully reported it to him. Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. They're shocked that they could command demons to do what they said. It says, Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions, and you can crush them. Nothing by any means will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are re registered in the Lamb's book of life. 
That's what this whole thing is about. It's about leading yourself, your family, and your community to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I I wish I had the ability to share sometimes. I don't know if you ever feel this, Pastor Barb, but like the ability to share what's actually happened in my life. Forget all the stuff. Forget all the whatevers. There, there, there is such equity that you can build your life on that once you possess it and you walk in it, and at first even doubting that that would really happen, and then overcoming your doubt by the simple, it, I, the best way I can say it, 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 it's just the simplicity of believing in Jesus Christ. As my, it, it sounds cliche, but wherever there's doubt in your life, give that over to God. Wherever there's fear in your life, give that over to God. Where there is someone or something that is having a negative influence over your life, Give it to God. And don't just do it like, oh, I'm going to give it to God, you know, and, and that, that's it. But like, I mean, God, uh, I, I'm not going to put my effort into this any longer. I, I've done everything in the natural that I know to do. And it just doesn't seem to be changing. And in that moment, you can give that thing over to Christ. And there is such a supernatural expression of God in that moment that you could work a hundred lifetimes to try to obtain what you, God would give you in a moment of time, and you'd never get it. But God, in one moment of time, supernaturally goes in there and he reorganizes everything at such a deep level inside of yourself. At some point in your Christian walk, you should really be able to honestly say, it's, it's no longer me who lives. Like, there's something so supernatural that has taken over my life. It's the Christ that lives within me, and it precedes me, and it goes before me. And there's a, there's a, a place where you can get where even you can't mess it up anymore, as long as you keep Christ at the forefront of your mind, that he is building my life, that I am walking in the kingdom of heaven, and that I expect the supernatural to happen. That's about as simple as I could make it. And the moment you walk like that and you do that on a consistent basis, you, you actually pray to God every day. You actually pray in tongues every day. You actually read your Bible every day. You actually schedule time with God every single day. And it doesn't mean that there'll be days, you know, you just want to go on vacation or whatever and, you know, have a good time. But even sometimes God will want you to do it then, too. But I'm just saying, if you'll do that more times than you don't do that, you're going to start to see the influence of God in your life big time.
big time. Mark 16, 15 through 20. It says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everybody, even the scum. Even the people that other people would look upon and say, I, 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 don't, I don't know how that person could ever receive Christ. The, the guy that just lives that horrible lifestyle and cusses and, you know, just mean to his wife and his kids and mean to everybody and takes advantages of things and so on and so forth, uh, even that guy going to all the world and preach the good news even to him. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. That's you. They will speak in new languages, in tongues. That's you. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and they will drink anything poisonous. It won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick. This is you. And they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven, sat down the place of honor at the right hand of God, and the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. God wants to do miraculous signs in your life, in your world, and he wants to use you to do it. I am convinced that I am the only reason I'm here on this planet is to be a vessel of God's glory. That's it. Yes, I do this, and yes, I'll have fun, and yes, I'll cut up, and yes, I'll do this or that, but I'm telling you, at the end of the day, when it comes to purpose, when it comes to the purpose of God over my life, and it comes to purpose of God over your life, you are here to be a vessel of the glory of God, an extension of God in this earth to lay hands on the sick and to cast demons out and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and so on and so forth. Only about a third into this message. I could go on and on about all the scriptures that talk about the spiritual authority that you have. But I want to close with this. If you are feeling oppressed by the devil... And, and I think we've all been there from one time to the other. What I want you to know is that the devil can fight hard, but he can't fight long. He, he does not stand a chance. And, 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 and as much discomfort as the enemy can bring, God can bring even more comfort. And I'll say this. When you're in spiritual warfare, that only means that you're developing the awareness of something that's probably been there for a very long time. Could have been transferred from one generation to the other, whatever it is, whatever you're dealing with. All I'm, all I'm here to tell you is, is it could either A, be the devil working hard against you, or it could be God touching your flesh, healing your body, and the, the feeling of that is an unknown experience, 
And maybe you're experiencing for the first time of your life the fear of God in your life. Like, whoa, you know, like this is not the way things should have gone. Well, listen, God will put roadblocks in your way. He did that with Blom, right? Remember, he was told him to go in one place, and Blom said, I'm going to the other place. And he jumped on that donkey, and that donkey made a left-hand turn, brought him to a dead end, fell over. I mean, he started whipping that donkey to get up. We've all been there. It's okay if you come to the end of your road. It's okay if it takes an ass to speak to you to get you back where God wants you to be. It's okay. Whatever God wants to use to influence your life and the lives you're going to come in contact with, let him use it. Let him use it. Don't beat the dead horse any longer. Don't beat the dead horse. Walk in the fullness of who you are in Jesus Christ. Uh, recognize the anointing of God that's on your life. Recognize he's never going to leave you, man. He's never going to forsake you. Man, he's been there from the beginning to the end. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. It's a finished work. Everything that you will ever have need of that pertains to life and to godliness, he's already freely given to you. But I could put a, well, I can't put a million dollars in your bank account. But if I could, if someone put a million dollars in your bank account and you never went and took a withdrawal, it wouldn't do you much good, would it? Wouldn't do you any good. So I just want to encourage all of you, begin to recognize who you are. Don't allow fear to grip you. Don't allow the devil to run over you. You run over him. And when you do, throw it in reverse and run over him again. Heck, get out of the car, bring your nine. Uh, no, let's not do that. <laughs> Don't give him any opportunity. Any opportunity. And I, I want to encourage you in closing, look for the things in your life that you wish were better. And begin to, one by one, hand those things over to the Lord. And begin to walk as a man or a woman of God would walk and say, you know what, God? I know it's your will to bless my life. I'm done fighting with this thing. I'm giving it to you. You lead me. You guide me. You provide me with the provision that only you can provide so that I can be healed and walk free all the days of my life. Amen? All right. Well, let me uh, thank you. Let me uh, give everybody in this room the opportunity to receive what I'm talking about tonight. Uh, you ain't going to get there any other way. Um, there's no other religion. There's no other ideas. There's no other anything out there that can bring you to the place of Christ and the wholeness that exists within him. I want you all bow your heads with me tonight, and we're going to say this prayer together. Some of you have said this prayer many times, but some of you haven't said it the way I'm talking about it tonight. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer tonight and you came back to the Lord or, or you've said it for the first time, I just want you to raise your hand and acknowledge that. 
All across this room, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Praise the Lord, I see that hand. Go ahead and put your hands down. Eyes open, looking around. Take authority of your life even tonight. Put your feet down and dig deep. Remember, you're standing on a rock that cannot be moved. Okay? If you receive Christ tonight, we have, uh, what are the cards called? I choose cards are right there in the seats in front of you. If you'd be so kind as to fill one of those out, we have Ed up here. Give Ed a big round of applause. Ed would love to give you a Bible. Ed would love to pray with you. And uh, otherwise, God bless you all. Call a friend. Get somebody to church this Sunday. It's going to be incredible. God bless.